There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Kelly, and you're listening to the Everywhere We Go podcast. On this week's episode, I sit down with Tracy Lally. Tracy is a makeup artist, a sister, a daughter and a wife. But above all, Tracy is a mum. Tracy's raw emotion broke my heart last Christmas as she gave her followers a glimpse into her life as a co-parent. It's her first time to open up like this and I'm so thankful that she did it with me. We talk about the beginning of her pregnancy on Tilly, the struggle she's faced with this and the fact that she simply just didn't enjoy it. I love the fact that she's so open and honest about her journey with Tilly's happiness and security at the forefront of everything she does. Her resilience and strength know no bounds. She tells me that she couldn't have done it without the support of her family and simply glows as she talks about her Paul. We hope you enjoyed the story. And if you find yourself in a similar situation, we hope that it helps. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? Hi, everyone. My name is Tracy Lally and I am originally from Singlis, but now live in Belgrade. Hi, Tracy. How are you? How are you? Ah, sure. Listen, it, it's mad out there. And this is the first podcast that I've recorded. So thanks so much for sitting Woo! with me. Yeah, I know. I chose a good no one. Problem. I chose a good one. So, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, tell me, you have an Instagram page and I'm following, I'm actually following you quite a while now because I love the stuff okay. that you put on it. So tell me about the page. Thank you. So I set up the page um, about a few years ago now, mostly for makeup because I've been in the makeup industry for so long. So you know, first it was Facebook, then there was Instagram. Instagram was kind of the way to be seen. So I set up the Instagram page and I would be kind of more so known for bridal makeup. That's what my forte is. And yeah, it just went from there. But I didn't think I would share much personal stuff because I can be quite private about things as well. You know, that's my decision. But um, I suppose I did start to share a little bit of my private life and I started to get really good feedback about it so you know people were saying you know Tracy thanks for sharing certain things and you know it's good to see that people are in those situations and life is not all a box of roses you know that kind of way so yeah what were you sharing most of all about I started to kind of be honest about how hard being a single parent sometimes is you know like I'm not a single parent now like obviously I'm married but there was a stage in my life where I was and it was very very tough and I did keep a, a lot of it private but as years went on and I started to kind of you know share my part of my story as in what my road was as a single parent a lot of people just really I can't believe the amount of feedback that I do get when I you know when I be honest with people about how hard and the page is called the makeup mentor the makeup mentor and a lot of people sorry Rebecca well, a lot of people don't know this the reason when I did set up the page 
the makeup mentor came from breaking it down. If you break it down, it's actually the mum. So when I started that page, I was just the mum. I was a man. Like I was just after becoming a man. And that's where a lot of people probably don't know this, but when you break it down, it is the mum. And that was my little thing that maybe eventually I will share my story. Because Christmas, I was in bed. I was at being handed a cup of tea and I was watching Netflix. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. And all of a sudden I came across your story and it absolutely stopped me in my tracks because you were sending Tilly off to her dad's for two weeks for the Christmas period. And your pure, raw emotion in that moment Mm. just hit me, not just as a mother, but it just hit me as a person, as a woman, it hit me. It hit me and I just was like... Holy shit, how is she doing like how is she doing that? There is so many women in your situation. And again, as you it's said, great. said you being you that you don't share this stuff. So and we'll go into that and then we'll take it back to everything else if that's okay yeah. with you. Tell me about yourself. So you have your daughter. So tell me about Tilly. So Tilly only just turned eight there in November. She's mad. She's a great kid. I'm I have to be honest, I'm very, very lucky with her because she's so resilient to stuff. And I just know that we've both done well along the lines with Tilly because we've always made sure that Tilly is number one, you know. So, I mean, she is. She's very grounded and she's just a good kid. And I'm not, I know a lot of people probably say that about their own kid, but I'm not. I'm actually really blessed that she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Everything is grand, you know. So, I mean, she's a good kid, so I'm very lucky. So tell me about that relationship with her father and where that fell down for you to have to co-parent. So talk to me through that. Okay, well, Silly, Dad and I were together for many years. It comes down to me not being well, really. I was, I think Tilly was about eight months old. I was told I was suffering from a thing called, they, they reckon it started while I was pregnant. It was called prenatal depression. So they did say, you know, like this is probably after getting worse since you had Tilly. And I'm not going to lie, I probably wasn't the easiest to live with either, but I wasn't well. You know, so I'll never apologize for that part of my life either because it was a situation where I didn't ask to be sick. I didn't ask to feel the way I felt. You know, it was very tough. Um, probably the toughest thing I've been through in my life because it's made me never want to have another baby. Really? <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's just I'd never put myself through that again. And it's, it is, a lot of people say, you know, Tracy, you might never feel the same again. I'm like, no, I just couldn't. Do, I just, it's like 50-50. You know, how is, what happens again if you go through that again? And I mean, I've spoken to my husband Paul and we've spoken about like his and I'm just like, I'm too, like I'm terrified, terrified that I'd be put back. I wouldn't be, maybe I would, you know, it's just it's kind of like, you don't know, you don't know. So it came down to that and obviously Kitty's dad and I broke up and it was tough. Can I ask you, how did the depression manifest itself with you and in the house? So basically what happened was I'm the eldest of three girls in my family and my mom is a lady. My dad's super. I always kind of felt like this wasn't going to win. This wasn't going to take over. You know, I'm strong enough to be able to get through it. And I not that I ever felt like there was any pressure put on me to be this person. I always felt like Tracy has it together. Tracy will get through it. But I couldn't. I actually could not. And I think when I needed to be saved, there was no one there to save me. Even though I could have had, like, my whole family was there. 
but there was this thing in my head that now I need to I need to get through this and there was such a stigma in my head that I can't be known to have a child and not be with that person I don't know that thing just stuck in my head so much that I was like I just don't want to be on my own and you know I think I'll just stay here because that's the best thing to do and blah 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 you know but listen in the end it wasn't um, depression took over in a way like it came down to even the curtains not being closed properly like I could notice that they were just it was it was just crazy Rebecca like if I sat down and told you all the little things that used to drive me potty you'd actually say oh my god crazy how did you cope because it came down to matching knife matching fork with me dinner OCD I had OCD I had like I, I can't explain the person that I was because to me that person was not me mm. it's not who I would have been known of <laughs> depression set in a way that I thought nobody could look after me the way I looked after you know and, I, and I'd, I'd literally I'd be like this I'd be shaking going oh god is she alright I think she'd be grand so it was just my mind never stopped it never stopped and with your partner like we expect as women that our partners to be our champions, to be the people that, you know, can see there's something wrong with us. But it doesn't always happen. And was that the case with you? You know what? I can't say, I can't say a bad word about him because in that sense, I just don't think men are designed the way we are. I just don't think men are probably designed to cope when we're not coping. And that's one thing that I've massively accepted in my life is that they just can't help us sometimes. And that's just, that was a massive thing for me is that I just felt men are just not like us. They're not built to know what's going on in their heads sometimes, you know. But we really expect them to sometimes, maybe sometimes they do. But in my case, I just felt I was such a closed book that I didn't want anybody to know. And there was shame then with it as well, was there? God, yeah. Like the biggest step for me was actually leaving, you know, like uh, leaving. It was tough. And I mean, on him as well but I mean it was the best thing for both of us and it was the best thing for Tilly Tilly was just under two mm. and it was only like I mean I went to the doctor and I always remember I was so like so hell bent set that no one was going to know how I was feeling that you know I wasn't a failure this was not happening to me and I wasn't going to let it win but I remember going to the doctor and the doctor said to me Tracy are you okay and I just went oh my God, like the, the, the floodgates just opened. I was like, someone is actually saying to me, are you okay? And I was like, you know what they She literally was like, and I remember still to this day, she did actually ask Tilly's dad to leave the room that she just wanted to speak to me alone. And it was then she said, Tracy, why is it so hard for you to say what's wrong? And I was like, because I'm supposed to cope, because I'm supposed to be a man. I'm supposed to have it all together. You know, and she was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And it's okay if you don't. You know, if you have a sore throat, you get an antibiotic. If you have a sore head, you get an antibiotic. You know, like mm. this was normal for her. Whereas like with me, I always remember even the nurse coming to see like a few weeks, a few months after Tilly. Um, and she said to me, your house is very clean. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that doesn't mean I'm not looking after Tilly. And she was like, no, I'm not saying that. She goes, I'm just saying like your house is really, really clean. But I was so on the defence. So I was like, why is she saying my house is like it's clean? Is there something that she's saying that I'm not? I was always like ready to go, you know, like ready to be like on the defence. Well, I'm doing a great job. You know, it was just, it was, it was crazy. The stuff that went on in my head. Um, 
Beverly um, Coughlin, she spoke about the same. And that was the exact same mm-hmm. thing. The nurse said to her, how are you keeping this house clean? Um, and she yeah. ha- she had the OCD through her depression as well. So it's like a, me, yeah. a common symptom of it. Well, what the doctor for. told me was it's a chemical imbalance of your hormones. So the fact that like you're so up and down. Um, like I remember she did medicate me at that time. And that was a very, very tough thing for me to digest because it got to the stage where I was like, why do I need a tablet to make me happy? I have everything I thought I needed in life to be happy and I'm still not happy. So I didn't understand why she gave me these tablets and I had to take them in order to put a smile on my face. Like it was very, very tough. And I remember one day I just went, you know what? Actually not taking these anymore. Mm. And I didn't. And I went bang. Like I hit rock bottom. Did you? And I would probably recommend anyone never to do that because it, it spiraled. Like it really got worse then. And were you still you know, with so, Tilly's dad at that stage? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, like, I mean, I, I do think at this stage, it's, it, it, you know, it's mad. If he, if he even heard me saying this, it's probably something that he never knew. Um, I kind of only started to see these things after I started to get myself better. So, I mean, my, our relationship was always going to break down anyway. So, I mean, I don't blame what I went through for the breakdown of the relationship. I just think it was something that was going to happen anyway. It didn't help the situation. But, like, I mean, again, I won't apologize for being sick. Of course. You know, I didn't ask for that. So, it's one thing that I'll always say is that open up talk because it was the worst thing that I didn't do. And I, there's one thing that will always stick in my head with my dad. I think it was about six weeks before I left the house that I lived in. My dad said to me, Tracy, you okay? And I was like, yeah. Like, uh, I was worried thinking he knew something was wrong. Like, you know, and I was like, yeah, why are you asking me that? And he's like, you know, if you're not happy or if nothing, like, if nothing isn't what you thought was going to be or, you know, you're not okay, you could always come home. Mm-hmm. And that just went... I can come home. Mm. And something just clicked with me and I went, right, that's where I need to be. And I was mad. Even though I had moved into a home, I didn't feel like it was my home. Mm. You know what I mean? That so I it was like... It's the biggest issue for women. I think we feel, and even men, maybe, mm. I don't know, because um, when I talk to my friends and talk to other people and other people in circles and they say, the fear of leaving with your child and find, thinking that you've nowhere to go, that you've no one can help you and nothing. So for your dad to That's tell it. you that that day must have been yeah. a huge relief for you. Oh God, it was like an opening to, you know, welcome back. Like, you know, it was just, it was crazy. That's how it happened. Like, I just went, right, I actually have a place to go. And what did that day look like? You know? Tell me, you woke up and thought this is the day I'm gone. You know, it's crazy. I actually remember going down to the Chinese having beef and black beans. <laughs> and I just went, this is it. This is it. And I just, that's really sad. Like, I'm, I'm going home and he's leave. And in fairness, he, he knew it was it as well. You know, he, he wanted out just as much as me, I think. But, you know, it's, um, I'm, I don't regret anything either. Mm. You know, I don't regret what happened. I have no regrets. 
And tell me then, how do you start the whole, okay, sit down or do you, did you sit down? Do you go like, okay, when do you want to see her? Do you want to see her? Are you going to let me see her? Because how does that process start? Like, because this is the thing that people are like, oh my God, he doesn't want her. He wants her. He, he doesn't want to see them. You know, he, he, do, he doesn't care. I have to fight to get him to see them. Like, how did that story yeah. start for you? Um, really, it kind of just, it, it kind of just walked out, I suppose. You know, there was times where, it's not going to lie, like there were times where it was tough and you do get into rows and you do get into arguments. But sometimes, like what happened with me was all my strength and all my hate and everything that I went through went into the ending of that relationship. So when I left, I just had no want to be fighting, be, you know, on text messages, anything like that. So you know, it did happen, but eventually it just kind of fizzled out, you know, that, you know, that we did sort of have to, you know, sort it out legally and stuff like that. And that's fine. But it took about two, three years, I'd say, to actually get there. I'll be honest, um, Paul, my husband, has an awful lot to do with how I got there. If it wasn't for him, I actually don't think I'd be where I am now. When you went home then and your your dad was like, look, you're home till he's here. This is your home from now, now on. You know, did they just swoop in and take over? And do you feel huge relief? And is your mental health getting that bit, starting to get better? It's it that. When I went home, like, I remember texting me sister and I was like, whatever you do, don't tell me mom and dad, I'm just coming home. And they were like, okay. So my two sisters came up and helped me move back to the house. And I got back to the house and my dad came in and we sat in the back room. He said, well, they are right. So that's the way my dad is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just met my dad. <sighs> I am now. It was like someone was after jumping off me back. And he said, Tracy, you'll be okay. And I was like, right. Went and done a wedding the next day. And I'll never forget it. I could still see the bride and we still keep in touch. And I sobbed the morning of our wedding. I actually sobbed. And I was like, I'm so, so sorry. And she was like, Tracy, oh my God. I was like, it's your wedding day. Like I was so upset. But I just felt like, you know, like it was just, it was the way it hit me. It was like, it's just a massive wave of emotion, you know. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot believe this that happened to Monica wedding. And she always keeps in touch. You know, it's crazy. Um, even after that, like, you know, and listen, it's just... It's either, you know, just get up and get on with it, really, from there. You know, I just have to keep going. I have someone to look after. Yeah. I couldn't think. I had to swim. And you had good support you around know? you then with your mum and dad. Massively. My mum and dad are absolutely amazing. And without them as well, I wouldn't be able to have the job that I have. You know, it's just like silly still, silly obviously lived with my mum and my dad for, for a while and then when I moved to Nepal like it was the thing where she had to have a sleepover every weekend you know going back to my mum and dad because they missed her she's the only grandchild you know so they missed her so it, it is like I mean my sisters and all were brilliant um, and going back to how I got, got myself out of that mess was my dad has a friend called Niall Bourne um, and I'm actually giving him this show because he deserves it <laughs> uh, we call him fat he was a boxing trainer and Jeannie Matt did he help me so he'd be actually shouting at me at the bag going come on who do you see just hit that bag you know and I'd be like ah! 
And who did you see? And I'd come out and I'd be like, I just seen anger and aggression and red and everything that you could think of. I just seen. And when I came out of that class, I was like, that was deadly. Yeah. I have to go back tomorrow. I was, I was maybe boxing probably four times a week. And I did it for a long time. Did you? You know, just, yeah, yeah. I firmly believe um, that was one thing that helped me was the boxing. You know, and I wouldn't have been able to do that when you have my mum and dad there. Like my mum and dad say, try to go. Get out the door, go. Yeah. You have to go and go to your boxing class, you know. They knew it was helping me. So, um, and it was crazy as well how it, how it worked out because I would have walked in makeup from my kitchen at that time. And then I found a space in Fingless Village. And Stacey from Lush O'Clock's actually was renting a room. And I was like, right, this is another step now forward. This is something that I have to do and got some help from myself. And I think Kitty was sitting in the chair, you know, in a party at that time. It was all kind of things that started to happen. And one after the other, you know, that kind of way. And tell me this, you said there about um, you, there was tough times at the beginning where a dad and setting out a time like for anyone going through a tough time um, and you, you lucky that he wanted to see her, like he, he wanted to see her or yeah. like he, so he did want to see her. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Massively. And still does. Like sometimes I'm like, right, she has to come home, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I suppose I'm, I'm looking in that kind of perspective, you know, that there is someone there that wants to be completely in our life, you know, but listen, it wasn't always easy. But, you know, you're going to have to face these things. I always believe, and I've always said this to myself, is that your heart doesn't hurt unless it can heal. And that is a massive thing I would live by because you don't understand at that time why you're going through this. But it's me looking back now going, I actually know why I went through that. It's to make me see that I, I am strong. And, you know, I am, there's one thing I will say, and it's not to kind of big up myself, it's the fact that I actually am very proud of where it comes. Because a lot of people have said to me, how did you do it? How did you get through that? And it was the support. You just need to surround yourself with don't be afraid to tell people that you're not cold and don't be afraid that they're going to look down on you because people are there with open arms if you open up. Yeah. You know, that's it's one thing I have to say. And the best advice I can give someone is when, if they're going through a breakup and they have kids, is don't be listening to people that haven't been in your situation. That is number one thing for me. It's like, um, I wish people had a had a... I wish there was a book and they were going to say, listen, this is going to happen in your life and this is what you have to do to get through it and this is going to be your happy end and, and this is going to, you know, be the, the breaking, you know, as in like the cut-off point of what's going on. And it's, there's not, there isn't that book. You have to write your own book. And I just think listening to people that have not been through the same things as you is not a great thing either. Because everyone is there. too many opinions. Yeah, everyone's there to offer yeah. advice that they don't know about, um, and that's the worst thing. And seeing what you said there about support, and a lot of us might think that we don't have the support, but we do. As you said, to open up yeah. and, and make sure. Tell me that about opening up to people. Like I did, go, I did be a counselor as well. Like I, it was something that I had to do. And um, for me, I say I just sometimes I thought it was good to go to a stranger and not to be judged, but then I realised. A stranger <laughs> was still a stranger to me and it just wasn't getting me anywhere. So I just felt I was strong enough to kind of do it myself. Mm. In the end, I did stop going 
to the council and I don't regret um you know doing I feel like I've done pretty well just being able to help myself and then when you broke up with like did you lose friends through it or like did you see people in a different light or oh uh, yeah you always do like you know you lose kind of a lot of people that you've made over the way but or, or that you've made over the years but I mean when you think about it those people that you lose are probably just acquaintances anyway mm. you know so it's only people that you know just because you're actually in a, a long term relationship anyway in any relationship you're in, you love that you were in you'll always gain friends from that but I mean you lose them along the way anyway when, it, when any relationship breaks up so they weren't really long friendship relationships I was losing you know and if you I've always had my own friends yeah and is that important that you always keep your own friends 100% never ever ever leave yourself alone or reliant on making friends through a relationship either you know you have to have your own definitely and what would you say to anyone at home now listening to this and thinking that they're alone that they don't and they, that he does everything you know and he ha, it's his finances and it's his and I'll never make it on my own I'll never get away and you know what would you say to that girl you know what that's like I mean a lot of people like I've been in that situation I have been that girl that has thought like that and I've got I've come to know over the years so many people that were in that are, are in my situation and they eventually get through it too you know, I, that's what I'm saying. You just don't, that, that's the mistake that you make for solace, that you think you're alone and you put yourself in the depths of despair and you're like, I'm not telling anybody, I'm just going to keep getting on with it. And I think you have to get up sometime and just go, you know what, I'm not going to be this person anymore. I'm not going to keep thinking negative. I just have to get up and say, right, this is the start of a new day, a new life, and I'm just going to have to embrace it. You know, see, stop worrying about what happened and just embrace what's going to happen. Very true. You know? Tell yeah. me about the legal side of it. Like, what? why do you go there and do you 100% say that's where you need to go, even if you are best friends? No, I'll be honest. I always think that if, I think your feelings and your heart are still there as well. I think that's what happens. And it's so easy to go, I'm bringing you car, blah, blah, blah. But it's not. It's, do I look back now and regret doing that? Yes. Because okay. um, I think the only people that you made rich there are the solicitors. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that you made happy there with the solicitors, they're the one that's lying in their pockets in the end, you know. When really, I do think that if it's a mutual decision and you know that it's not worth it, you should be able to sit down and I know the flaws, but listen, some people can't. And I mean, of course, they're there for a reason. You know, people's situation are different to mine, like it could be worse. Um, my story could be little to them compared to what they're going through, you know. So, uh, do I think it was a waste of time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what does that process mm-hmm. look like for someone who's sitting at home going, I need to go down the legal route, where do I start, what do I do? A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people are afraid because they have this thought of like, oh my God, caught it's the worst thing ever. And it's not. It's actually not. Um, <laughs> I think at that stage, it was like, oh, go back here again. <laughs> right. You know, but I mean, it's don't be afraid of it. It's there for a reason. It's there to help you. And sometimes an awful lot of like, women and men do get help from the course because some people just can't agree, you know, and it's there for a reason. But I mean, it's not to be, not to be afraid of either. It's there to help you. That's one thing I will say is, is that if people are worried about going down that route, don't they? It's there for a reason. 
and then tell me about Paul. When did you like? When did you meet Paul? At what age was Tilly when you met Paul? It's it's so crazy um, when I talk about Paul because I remember before I met Tilly's dad, I had seen him at a bar, and I still to this day can't remember. But I remember he had longish hair, just kind of David Beckham style, <laughs> and he had a hairband on. And I was like looking at him, going, "Yeah, And I didn't see him ever again. And we used to have Friday nights over in um, a friend of mine. So one of my friends and, and myself was single at the same time. And the girls said, can you try to go on to Tinder? I was like, I am not going on to Tinder. And they were like, why are you not? And I was like, no, it's just not for me. Like, I don't want to go on to Tinder. Thinking that like, you know, a fellow would still come to the bar and probably chat you up. But no, yeah. that's not the case anymore. Because <laughs> so I was in a relationship for nine years. So I hadn't a clue. Mm. So, um, Anyway, two more drinks and I was like, right, come on, I'll go on to Tinder. And I went on to Tinder and I remember going home and I was uh, lying in the bed and I was wiping in the house. No, 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 no. The next ball I came to this picture of a fellow in the blue shorts with black. And I was like, that's your man. That's your man from years ago. So I was quite right. And then I had you and him and same match. And that was on a Friday night. And we were talking all the way through Friday night, nearly in like, early Saturday morning he's a taxi man so he was on my <laughs> and I went out with the girls on Saturday night and he picked me up and brought me into town oh. and we just hit it off from there so yeah. you told him straight away about um, Tilly did you? oh yeah she was like me and something to it very proud of her you know she comes with me so they can't accept Tilly <laughs> they're not going to be accepted by me <laughs> and how, how was you she know? with him then? loves them absolutely loves them you know, and like Paul like was a pillar of strength for me because I mean going through that and um, still like going through legal stuff and, and all that, you know, sometimes I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'd be real hot headed. And he'd say, Tracy, just relax. Just relax. And I don't know what it was, he just had this way of just making me calm. And my mum used to say, Oh, he, he's the one for you and I'd be like, Shut up. Well how do you know? And she'd say, Tracy, I'm telling you, the way he just calms you down because I am a very sorry, hot-headed person. Well, I would have been. I think being a mother would kind of calm me down a lot as well, you know. But he'd be like, where are you going to get being hot-headed? Where are you going to get, you know, losing the head? And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, so I just used to go, okay. <laughs> and how long after How long after that did you did you meet him? Like, so what was the time difference? Um, About six months. And you just fell in love straight away? Yeah, I just... It was it was mad because I always remember um, being on a date with him. On, I think it was fight we went on the Wednesday. We were in Malahide Castle. And I remember going back to my friend my, at the time, my business partner Leona. And I was like, Oh God, like he's real nice and he does all this and you know, like if you think that's mad, like you think, like what do you think he wants? And I was just like, No, Tracy, he's just a nice fellow. And I was like, Right, okay. I, I was just real like not like I'm not used to this. Like you know, it was it was weird. But, um, yeah, I just kind of think I knew probably about three or four months down. I wouldn't be putting myself into this. Because I think when you go through such a hard time in past relationships, you won't tolerate crap, you know, the older that you get. So you kind of know if this water or not. And I did probably after about three or four months kind of gone, I'm actually head over heels out of this cell, you know. So I didn't tell him that. Of course. 
<laughs> Keith Mullins tells me. Tell me <laughs> I have you know to that say, you don't want to admit it for <laughs> yeah, I have to say, your face lit up when you mentioned his name, dude. I actually wrote down a little note about that. So, God. <laughs> yeah, that's. I know, though. You probably listen to this now. Like, I told you, I'm mad about me all those years ago. So. <laughs> he will. Believe me, he will say that. And then. But, um, yeah. So. He was helping you then through it all. Um, with, yeah. The, the legal case and the court case and so on. So then Tilly's dad, at what point does he meet someone else? And then do you have the, conver- how do you have the conversation about Tilly in the process? Do you know what I mean? And um, it was before me. So before I had met Paul. And um, it was a hard kind of pill to swallow. And I think that was what we, I was so worried about was I was like, Tilly's after being through so much. We just have to make sure that not being thrown into these things and, you know, like, uh, I, I just always wanted to make sure that Tilly was going to be okay. So, I think I, we went to court three times and Christmas came up. Um, his partner lived in Carlo and I allowed Tilly to go down. And it was the hardest thing. But I knew he's actually a lovely girl, his wife. Like, she's a lovely girl. I can't say a bad word about her because how she looks after Tilly is how she would look after her own, you know? So, um, anything that she does, she just includes Tilly in it, you know, or she's great at making things like from scratch. Like she makes Christmas decorations for us there and she lets Tilly do it, stuff like that, you know? So, I mean, the adjustment was hard, but I mean, I, I kind of had to say to myself, would I prefer to have someone in Tilly's dad's life that is trying to take him away from Tilly? Or would I prefer to have someone in Tilly's life that wants to be part of Tilly's life? Yeah. And that answer was easy to me. And the initial you stages know? of that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is like, I can only imagine the fear. Is there fear that, oh, what if Tilly really loves her? And, you know, you know, like so some women out, out there feel that way, that we feel, is she taking, are they going to take her away from me? Are they going to think to have more fun with them? Like, does that go you through your mind? Or not? Yeah, like, I mean, you can feel like that, but you have to be, like, you have to remember as well, and this is, this is very true because it was said to me, as in, when Tilly goes down to my dad and she sees the, his wife as well, it's a fun time for her to go down and, you know, she gets to have a great time. But then she comes back to me, normal life, you know, with the strict man, you know, the one that has to tell her no, <laughs> you know, the one that has to give out to her sometimes because she's not doing what she's told. And that's just normal life. So, I mean, yeah, you're pro- I think women sometimes are too hard on themselves because the kids come back and they're delighted with life and, you know, they're like, oh, she's having a better time down there. But it's not. It's just, it's her little safe haven to go to and a break away from, like, from your mom, I suppose. But then when she comes back, I just don't think, like, you know yourself, I'm sure, no one will ever take your mother's place. No. Nobody. You know, so, I mean, no matter how, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, she probably had a great time, but she still idolizes her mommy. You know, and that's why I would say, like, you can't be too hard on yourself. Because, we are great people. <laughs> mm. You know, we take on a lot and we always look after them, number one. So, um, yeah, just don't be too hard on yourself. Tell me, first of all, how COVID has been. Obviously, she hasn't been near a dad with COVID or what was... So, Tilly's dad is high risk. So, Tilly, Tilly wasn't able to go down to her dad. Um, it was something where he had to make sure that he was okay. And unfortunately, that did mean that he probably might not have been able to see Tilly. So the doctors did advise them, we just don't think this is good for you and, um, you know, mm. putting yourself at risk. So that was in the March and then Teddy didn't see him till the 41st of June. Wow. Yeah, it was so hard. Um, I cried some days because Teddy was just, like they have, a, they have a great relationship. So, you know, how are you trying to your child that she can't see her daddy and then as well um, Tilly's dad has a little girl now with his wife and Tilly didn't understand how is that child able to see her dad or how is she able to be in the house and she's not you know so that's another thing I said going back to about like you wish there was a book written I wish there was a book that said we're going to have COVID you know there's a pandemic you won't be able to see and this is what you're going to have to do but unfortunately there wasn't and the difference in this was was that nobody had been in this situation ever before Mm-hmm. you know so I hadn't known to really give me advice you know and it was tough because I worried about Tilly's mental health at that time you know she went from seeing her dad to not seeing her dad at all and she was like to say she was crying like why Why can I not see my dad and what do I say Rebecca like how can I tell her she just can't and what did you do it was probably I just had to keep reassuring her, like, you know, we were going to we were going to get there and in order to keep our daddy safe. I'm not gonna lie, it was very, very tough. 
it was very, very tough to be able to, like, all you want to do is keep a kid safe and, you know, make sure they're okay. And when you feel like, you know, if they ask anything, they're worried about something, you always have the answer to give them. This time I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is all new to me. And when I did start to share that story on Instagram, there were so many people in the same situation, even worse than me, you know? And it was really actually when she went to me, like when she went to fear that it was, um, we had to get our test. Okay. To make sure that she didn't have. So to me, because she didn't know what it was like, it was cramped, but she's been tested two other times after. Um, and at four times, she was literally, she was like this. And I just said, no, not doing this again. It's just we have to wait for our vaccine, you know, because it's just too hard on her. So, um, Anyway, that happened, and then she she went to this, what it was it, July then, um, she went down, and I allowed her to stay for six weeks. <gasps> yeah, because I knew it meant so much to her. She didn't want to come home. <laughs> That's the hard part. She just had so much fun because she hadn't seen him in so long. It was the best thing ever. You know, so I allowed her to go for six weeks. Uh, was it tough? Yes, massively, but it wasn't as tough as Christmas. So I work away, right? I work away um, a lot. I'm always abroad. Um, Well, I always was abroad before COVID. Um, And Mm. honestly, people say to me, I'm sure you're living the life. You're living the life, right? But um, day three, I get the absolute fear in me and I just want to see my kids. I just want to see them. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. how did you do that for six weeks? Obviously, just for Tilly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I keep myself occupied, you know, I keep myself busy because she's, like, even today, like, because of lockdown and stuff like that, she's literally just, she's my wing woman. Like, you know, she's with me all the time. And I even remember going to shop sometimes, Rebecca, and I'd hear a man, and I'd be like, i turn around, I'm like, she's not with me. You know, it was just, it was weird. It was really, really weird. But, like, I mean, thanks God for WhatsApp and video call and stuff like that. Like, I mean, all I had to do was just look at her face and go, you know what, I'm doing the right thing, she didn't care about me. She was delighted with life having a ball. You know, she was like, yeah, man, I have to go now. I'm with my friends, you know. Like, it was like when I was ringing her, I was actually a niner. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, in the end, like, um, me and my mum actually went down and took her for lunch down in Carlo because we hadn't seen her in those couple of weeks. Oh, God. And then she was like, mom, I want to come home. And I was like, you can come home. I was just letting you, you know, but you wanted to, I think it was one of our friends' birthdays down there. I was like, but you wanted to stay. She was like, no, I want to come home. I was like, great, that's grand, we come home. Then she got back to the house. She was like, no, I want to stay. And then she started to get upset. And that was very hard for me because I was like, someone needs to make a decision here for her. And it, like at the time, she was seven. I was like, seven-year-old can't make that decision on her own. So I just said to her, listen, Tilly, I have to go and do a job. I'm going to go there with Nanny, and then I'm going to come back and get this. So I had said to her, Dad, let her stop getting upset. Let her see what she wants to do. And if she wants me come back, I'll come back and get her. So 10 minutes later, I was like, right, mommy, oh no, man, don't come back. I'm going to stay for my friend's birthday. She was grabbed. And when you get in that car in that moment, what's what's that feeling like when you, after how, saying to, that to her? I, like, I was really mad and my mum was like, yeah, all right. And I was like, crying, crying, you're either. You know, it's the hardest feeling ever, like just uh, drive away from your kid. Horrible. Horrible. But, and me, my mum's like, Tracy, so happy. And I'm like, I know. I hate that. 
yeah. I don't really, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I could be in different situations, but I'm not. You know, so I always say I'm very lucky. And then when do you sit down and have that conversation with yourself, with Paul, with it, whoever, that you're going to let her go for Christmas for two weeks? I remember saying it with Paul and Paul was like, I think you're amazing. And I was like, why? And he goes, because not many women would do what you've done. And I was like, right. And then you're worried that, you're always worried in the back of your head going, are you doing the right thing? Like, you know, a lot of people feel the need to give you their opinion when really you don't really want it because they're not in your situation. Um, there was an awful lot of people that have been opinionated about it. And really, to be frank, I don't really care about negative stuff. I just don't let negative come into my life anymore. So if I feel someone is being negative about some person in my life, I just thought, I don't want to know. I just switch off. You know, so I knew for me, it, and for Tilly, it was the best decision. But then she hadn't seen him then. You know, so she was going down to Christmas and she was sending and I remember, like, a lot of people were like, why are you letting her stay to New Year's Day? I didn't invite anyone because, I mean, they don't really need to know that much information. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was a decision that I made. And I, I remember, like, she went, to, I, I actually met him halfway. I drove to Nate's Road. No, not to Nate's Road, to Nate. And I met him halfway. And her little sister and his wife were there. And she just came over and she gave me the biggest hug and my heart just fell into my stomach. And I just went, this is it now. Like, this this is it. You know, and it was a step at start crying. And I, I was like, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go. So I drove off and I think I cried all the way home. All the way home. So I knew. And then I got myself together and that's when I came on to Instagram to speak about it because I'm like, there were so many women that contacted me about being in the same situation. Um, during COVID and I was like I wonder what the situations are now because of Christmas and did you her know, dad but, ask you to send her for that length of time or were you did she yeah. ask yeah your dad asked because obviously she's well yeah from- like not for that length of time he, he was kind of like can she stay for a good fit you know so um, we planned to take Tilly off to a little bit earlier I think it was two days before the holidays and she had her test done and then she went down and she had, she had said to me there was like a New Year's thing where they'd all go out on the road and they'd be ringing the bells for uh, the nurses and stuff like that, the doctors that she wants to stay for. So I was like, right. So, um, yeah, she came home New Year's Day. And then so I, I mean, s- like, I mean, if Silas asked, like, I mean, if she hadn't rang me, Rebecca, and said, man, I want to come home, I would have been like, right. But I knew she wasn't going to do that. Mm. She has the best throat work, you know. And how old is her little sister? She is two. Oh God, so that must be lovely and for us. We are coming down on Christmas morning like where sister you know, It reminded me of me being young with my two sisters, you know, coming down the stairs. And I think I went to bed on Christmas night at half seven. Didn't want the day, didn't care about the day, just wanted to go to bed. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. I couldn't even begin yeah. to deal with my emotions watching that video mm-hmm. so I can't even begin <laughs> I know it was um, yeah it, I got the video listen they don't send it to me to be upset but mm. Jesus Christ was I just floored and I think I was very quiet for most of the day I was just like you know what 
I didn't even drink Christmas Day. I didn't even have a drink. I wanted to go to bed. Paul's by your own day. Yeah. He actually was funny. We were sitting here um, wrapping the presents at about one o'clock Christmas morning. And we had a drink with a glass of wine and stuff like that. And he said, you know what? I said, well, I'm going to give you our presents now. I think he knew like Christmas Day was going to be too hard. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to give you our presents now. And I was like, well, okay. So we had a bit of crack here in the kitchen. And, you know, it was grand. I was all right then. And went to bed the next day. Or went to bed that night. And then the next day, I was just like, oh, I want to stay away from me. And it was funny because I woke up on Facebook day and I was like, right, grand now. Grand. Yeah. Have to get, I don't know what it was on Christmas Day. It just has to be gone. Just wants it away. And she's living our best you life, know? you know. And as you said, when you're ringing... It's the best time ever. You know, and I'm ringing her then and she's like, ma'am, I miss you and I love you, but like, you know, I want to just have me presents. And you know, I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm just being a nuisance. Mm. <laughs> you know, she's no concept of things. She's no concept of time or what day it was really. Like, she didn't know how important it was for me. But that's why I say as well, like, she has no concept of the whole as in how hard it is for a man to actually let her go there she doesn't have a clue and that's the best way I want to be because Billy will never ever 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 know how hard it was you're some woman no <laughs> it's funny like I mean if you had asked me this when Billy was two I would have been like she's never gone there for Christmas <laughs> but like I just, I just I don't know I just went what's the point like you know Take me back to that video that you put up. You must have got some amount of messages from women in that position. Yeah. Like at, at some step, I, I did one night actually have to turn off my mobile data going to bed that night because the, my phone was literally, it was just lighting all night. And I just went, no, I have to, I just have to turn it off. So I, just, I think I had to switch off really as well because it felt strange from what I was saying. You know, because there was so much raw emotion that I actually, I remember that day I had a banging headache. And I was like, right, I just have to go to sleep. I have to go. Because I do say, if you have if you have a good sleep, you can take on the world the next day. So I did have to turn off my mobile data. At one stage, I remember looking at my inbox and there was 118 messages. Oh my God. That I hadn't read. And I was like, how? I still don't even know if I got back to anybody. Like, I, I, I tried my best to reply to everybody. The more messages, the kind of more, not the more, more important, but the more, the, the important ones like I got back that I felt was the ones that were in a really bad situation. You know, and like, I mean, there was, you know, text to me about their own situation. I was like, Jesus, I'm actually luckier, you know, in this situation than what I am. Than, than what I would be if I was in there, you know. So I just spoke to someone and was like, you know, keep the head up and, you know, we'll get there and it's not going to last forever and stuff. Like maybe they got some comfort in things that I said, but they gave me comfort as well because when I shared that story, they were like crazy. Like, people actually stuck on my mom on the street and saying that they, they watched my story and they were like, she is unbelievable. And I was like, I didn't expect that people would think that of me. Yeah, I didn't. That's not what I put it out there for either. I was genuinely just trying to share my story. And I remember when I found this hard at the first lockdown, I got comfort in what people were sending me. And I think that's why I actually reached out to social media at that time because I felt like I needed comfort. And then little did I know, people were actually getting comfort from me. Mm. You know, so, I mean, there is some sort of good things from social media, you know. 
Because I don't think people do talk about it. And if they do talk about it, it's more so just that giving out, like not in sense giving out, cause, yeah. but like going that bastard and this and that and him and him. Like, But at the end of the day, you just still have to co-parent. Yeah, you have to remember as well, like, I mean, you, you broke up with them, but they're not broke up with your with your kids, you know? So you have to remember that relationship is always going to be there. And I think if you infuse a good relationship, you know, that you, you know, that you, you want that good relationship with your kid and their dad, it will work out in the end. Now, I do feel sorry for some women that just can't get that from the other side of that, you know, as in someone doesn't want to be part of that kid's life and my heart breaks for those reasons because I'm like, how could you not? Mm. You know, so that's why I think I am the way I am because I don't want Kitty to ever be that kid if we didn't have a relationship or that. Mm. You know, and I know it means a lot. But and there isn't, there's some people that aren't lucky, aren't as lucky as you in the sense that. Yeah. yeah. And my mom even said to me, Tracy, like, you know, one of my three daughters and even still, I would have never, ever, ever thought of you being able to do that. Like, I think I even surprised me man. Mm. You know, she's just, she knew, like, even me man kind of, you know, because, like, I mean, clearly is, like, the apple of their eye, you know, so, so hard for them. I know me man as well and me dad were, didn't enjoy Christmas Day because she wasn't there. Mm, you know, but the way I see it is now, me sister is actually expecting, and I'm so excited because, like, this is me, me for it much time to care. So it's me for me, like, you know, but um, I'm so excited because this Christmas, Tilly's going to be here. So what we've now decided is, is that Tilly will be here with me this year and next year she'll be with her dad. So we're going to do a, you know, a vice versa. Did so you ever do that be before? Here one year, won't be here. Did we? Yeah, did you ever do that before? No, no. So that's what we decided to do. Oh my God. Yeah. She's a little bit older now. So I'm like, right, this is what she wants. And it's so, it's so funny. She's like, man, you've had me for eight years. And I was like, yeah, I know. She's like, yeah, but like, it's point to shit. <laughs> you know, she's so funny. And I was like, yeah, and she's going to think about it then. So next year when I'm with you, I'm going to have my baby cousin with me as well. So it's going to be great. Mm. You know, so I mean, you have to laugh the way she sees things, you know. Sometimes I'd love to see life through a kid's eyes. Yeah. Not worry in the world. And all they see is love. Yeah. So I mean, what more can you ask for? And come here, tell me this. You touched on um, yeah, Tilly's dad's wife. Like you put up a post about her yeah. and I was like, <gasps> like seriously, you had me <laughs> in an awful state. Um, and it's I, so funny. Like, I mean, so I mean, yeah, it is. Like, sometimes I just text, I text her, she texts me, photographs, always texts me, photographs of Tilly when she's down there. And that's why I'm like, it's not that hard then because I know what she's doing. You know, I know what she's up to. And I talk more than I talk to Tilly's dad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Because, you know, some women are just yeah. brilliant, you know what I mean? And for mm. that relationship, and again, obviously she must love Tilly so much. To yeah, she does, yeah, she does. Yeah. And she's very good to me family as well. You know, so that's another thing. So that's why I'm saying, I mean, I'm lucky that I'm in that situation. And that's a lot of women don't understand, of, you know, how do you let things go and, you know, how do you get over all the crap that happens and all I'm just like, because you just have to. Mm. You just have to. Do you, like, a lot of thing with it and with kind of the animosity and, you know, it's just the let things go. 
they're it's a, it's to do with love like that they they're they're so in, still in love with the with the father and they, mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it might be mm-hmm. the woman who wanted to leave you know what I mean so I think yeah. that has a big part to play in it it's a massive thing and I do always get asked like a lot of people would say to me oh like here, like when we were going through all the hard stuff of it like caught and legal streams and stuff I remember people say to me oh I bet you hate him and I'd be like no I don't because to me hate is a feeling and if you have a feeling for something there's still something there I just felt nothing you know because the relationship was over so I mean in order for me to hate him I had to feel something and I didn't you know, it's just something that I had to go through in 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 that time in my life. You know, that that is like, what's that one like an, an epiphany? Like that's just like a pure epiphany yeah. that you know, you don't you, you have to feel something and you just didn't feel anything. No, no, and that's like that was it was crazy because I mean, there's no disrespect to him. It was just the way it happened. It was just like right, this is it now. This is a new life, and I just have to move forward. And it's like, I don't regret any bad part of what happened because it made me who I am. And I would never accept it again, ever. <laughs> Good. You know? And hopefully yeah. people out there now will get a little bit of comfort in that conversation. Um, hopefully, yes. Yeah. Hopefully. Tell me about the depression then. So after that point, and you met Paul, did the depression stay with you or did it completely pass? Or have you still, like there COVID? Is, I'm not going to lie. There is times where, oh God, COVID, this is, it's mad that you even mentioned that. Um, I remember it was the tourist day at Cheltenham and it was the week of when lockdown was going to come. And Paul always goes out with his friends um, one, or, one or two nights out of Cheltenham week, you know, and this night he was, or this day he was out for Cheltenham. And I packed my case. I was actually looking at something on social media and it was like, People were just dropping on the streets in China and all. And I was like, oh my God, I felt completely out of my death. And it was, it was what I felt like where I felt when I did, didn't feel safe anymore um, after having Tilly. And I remember texting Paul going, can you come outside? And when he came out, I had my suitcases packed. And he was like, what's that? And I was like, I have to come. I have to come to my man. I have to come to my dad. I have to make sure everybody's all right. I just really hit like bottom. And he was like, Tracy, if you need to go, you need to go. Like you, you just, you know, get your stuff together and, you know, you'll be grand. So I went over. I just had to stay with mom for two or three days. And she was like, Tracy, you just have to do as you're told. You have to stay safe. You have to wash your hands. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I was like, right. So I think I stayed there for two nights. And I was like, right, I have to go home because I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but it just, it, it did hit me. And like, I mean, there is sometimes, like I had a, I had a really bad panic attack. You know, so there is times where I have been challenged or I can get in on me, but I have to learn how to get myself out of it. And I did. And I just went, right. It is. And Paul is always in the back of my head going, you just have to get on this. just have to get on That's Paul's famous saying. You just have to get up and get on this. He seems like so just chilled out, relaxed. Uh. Oh, he's that chilled. He'd fall into the next last week. <laughs> 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 you know, that's just the way he is. And he's so blunt as well sometimes that you're kind of going, did you say that? But then you kind of go, he, he has a point, really. Yeah. And I hate him, isn't that? But I do. <laughs> Come here, can I ask you about what you said, that you don't want to have another child? Yes, you can, yeah. How does he feel about it? 
he's fine. He has two kids as well, and I have one. And I call it the Brady Bunch, and we're happy out. <laughs> okay, so he has a child. You know? Paul yeah. has his own child as well. He has two. He has two. Okay. Yeah, he has two. Yeah. So. So yeah, that, we're happy. Out. You're happy. Out. Why try and fix what not broke? What what isn't broken? That's the way I see. You know, and it was gas. Like I mean, the minute we got married, people were like, "You're gonna have a baby now. You're gonna have a baby." And I'm like, "Why that really?" ignorant of people sometimes because not everybody knows people's situations you know they're kind yeah, of way true well, I, like, I mean there is times where a couple of months ago I was kind of gone will I won't I will I won't I it's kind of finding myself vulnerable sometimes and I'm like I can't go back to doing that again I just can't I'm just, I don't feel like we're missing anything yeah you know and our and I'm like our kids are we've eight um, he'll be 14 and she'll be 18 and I'm like, right, what's the point? Like, they're half, they're half rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, You know, we can we can enjoy our life in a few years. We've definitely made that decision that there's no more bodies. And it's, is it, you know, was it initially down to you with the depression that you, as you said at the very beginning, that because I think with a lot of women is that they do have the fear of having baby number two, that they're afraid that there's going to be a continuation yeah. through um, like pre- I, or postnatal depression. Well, I had said this to Paul, actually. I said to him this time last year, was that I feel sometimes hard done by. And in what way? Exactly. In the sense of when, when I found out I was pregnant, it wasn't a happy thing for me. I was like, oh God, I always had the fear of God in me. Whereas it was like, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I was like... And you weren't young. You weren't, it wasn't that you were young having a... a no, I was I was twenty nine when I had Teddy. So where did the fear come from? Well, I had I don't know. It's just because I didn't have like I was still living at home with mum and dad, and so I was pretty sad. And then so what happened was I went from being like being how do I say being having like kind of that life that you know you didn't have any worries and you didn't have anybody to look after living in your mum and dad's house, and then it went from being pregnant, living with someone doing up the house, having a baby, becoming a man, and it just went crash, <laughs> mm. you know? So, like, as I said to Paul, I just feel that I never got that, how do I say, I never got that one, or even, I never got lucky, I suppose, to be in a relationship with someone and plan that baby and be delighted that I was going for a scan or be delighted that I was going to have this baby. Everything that I remember with Billy being pregnant home was absolute fear. And I remember going to stand and I'm like, I want to get out of here. I don't want to go to my stomach. Like it was just it was horrible the way I felt. Horrible. You know, I remember like even with the depression, sometimes I used to just look at Cindy and go, this is all your fault. You know, and that is like that, even for me to say that it's probably the hardest thing for me to admit. And I remember even saying that for the counselor, she was like, Tracy, it was how you felt at that time. Like you weren't well. And I'm like, so I think it's good for me to ever think like that. And I really did struggle with that. That I did think that it was all, like if Tilly if, if hadn't been here, I wouldn't have been in this situation. You know, and that was a massive thing for me to get over. Mm. You know, so that was, that was a struggle. But you were sick, that, and that's something that you just have to go, like, I was sick. You know what I mean? That I only yeah. felt like that because so I was sick. Why I'm, yeah, so the reason why I'm in the part of, mind that I'm in now though having another baby is that I don't want to ever ever feel like that again and they do say 
you know, if you have had it, there's more chance that you probably will have it again. And I'm just like, no. Like, I mean, my pregnancy was horrific. Everything that you could have got, I got. Nosebleeds, um, SPD. I had, like, it's called symptopubic dysfunction. My pelvis was out of place. You know, like carpal tunnel syndrome. You name it, I had it. And I just hated being pregnant. Absolutely hated it. So I don't feel any joy or anything like that. And I feel sad even saying that. I don't feel any joy when I think about being pregnant, which mm. is absolutely heart-wrenching sometimes. Yeah, but... You know, when I look at people on Instagram about being pregnant and stuff like that, and they, here I am, I love how happy they are. I love how things... But then I have to think, down, it's not real sometimes. Mm. You know, it's not real sometimes. And I need to take a step back and go, right, Tracy, you know, everybody's in a different situation. But that was my story. I'm glad you said that you're happy because I eye roll when I see pregnant people um, and on Instagram and they're like, this is just the most amazing thing in the world. It's not. It's like for me, it's not. And for most people, it is. And you know what? I'm not happy for you, but I'm like, yeah, you do you. I'll do me. But it's not something that I I found as, you know, the most joyous occasion in my life being pregnant, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, some people, I know Rebecca, but like, I mean, some people are so different. Like they embrace it. And I mean, I have known people that have really struggled with having a baby. Like really, really, really struggled. And I feel so guilty for how I feel. Mm. That I'm like, you know, I hate that that's the way I feel. But it's not my fault. Mm. It's not my fault. You know, and that, that's another thing of why I just don't want to ever be in that situation again. I'm a good man. Mm. I will say I am a great man. And I got myself through it. And... Tilly doesn't want for anything and she's a good kid but do I have the strength if it happened again no no way I wonder where Tilly gets her resilience from mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah probably me mm. <laughs> but you know I just laugh like I just it's it's the only way I can get through things now is to just not take life so serious you know and just to make sure that it's happy yeah and you have a good you man know, in your corner. No, we do. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're fulfilled. I don't feel like there's any deep missing from the big guy, you know? So, mm. I mean, what's the point in going looking for if it's, if it's not missing? So what does the next yeah. year look like for you co-parenting? Um, the same as it does now. Like, we do a great job. And I'm proud of him and I'm proud of me, the way we've coped. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't easy for him and it was, definitely wasn't easy for me. But we got this. And I am proud of the situation that we're both in now because we both take great partners to be around to. Anything from here is just a plus. So tell me then about how COVID has hit you for as a business, you know? Oh, like, I mean, I'm just, I don't know if you've seen me stories today, but I'm literally going through my diary from last year, it's putting through 2022. So to date, I've had 73 weddings gone. Yes. Like, and you know what's great? I've actually, I've lost only one in all those numbers. And I've given it to another good pal of mine who I would highly recommend as well. So I'm kind of lucky in that sense, you know. I just feel so sorry. I think me and Paul got married in July 2019. And I literally think we got in there by the skin of our teeth. Mm. So um, COVID has really massively affected me and Paul because we're both self-employed. You know, and it, it's been challenging, like really, really tough. So hard, you know, but like, I mean, 
everybody's in the same situation. So what is the point in letting it get in on your top? You know, there's so many people in worse situations. Now, don't get me wrong, there is people that have probably done better from this, you know, that they're in a better situation. But, I mean, we just have to write this off. Mm. You know, so, I mean, I'll, I'll get there and I'll be that busy that I'll be like, whoa. God, why can't there be in a lockdown? Yeah, exactly. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, but give me a break yeah. because I'll have to split myself in three the way things are going. But listen, I'm just on embrace and can't wait to get back to work. So Tracy, thanks so much. Um, We are doing this over Zoom, obviously in the current climate. Um, I would have loved to sit down with you face to face um, because as I said, I just loved your story and, you know, just everything about you. As I said, your face lit up when you talked about Paul, but also the fact that you've put your child first and foremost in mm-hmm. something that could have been really difficult um, and you've just made yeah. it such a smooth process for everybody involved. Um, so thanks so much for sitting with me. Your page is the, Ma- the Makeup Mentor on Instagram yeah. and people can follow you from there. Um, so f- for me, thank you so much and I'll talk to you thanks soon. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. I really enjoy talking to you. Good. Really enjoy talking to you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Emil. Bye-bye. Bye. 